This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, January 23rd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nelly. Here's today's headlines. Purdue looks to allay farmers' shutdown fears. Ag groups plot USMCA strategy. And could rising temperatures be good for crops? Reopening the FSA addresses critical farm needs. With the partial government shutdown now hitting day 33, Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue is preparing to reopen Farm Service Agency offices across the country, even as Democrats are questioning his authority to do so. The FSA offices will be open tomorrow to handle a full range of services for farmers, including applications for operating loans as well as the market facilitation program. That's the trade assistance package intended to compensate farmers for the impact of President Trump's trade disputes. By the way, Senator Mark Warner, a Virginia Democrat, is raising questions about the legal basis that USDA and other departments are using to reopen agencies. And a letter to Purdue drafted ahead of this latest announcement. Warner said it wasn't clear that Purdue had the authority to order the temporary reopening last week of some FSA offices to handle more limited duties. Now keep in mind, reopening FSA will take some political heat off of the White House on the shutdown, while also addressing the demand from farmers for loans and MFP payments to cope with the downturn in commodity prices. Administration lawyers are justifying reopening the FSA offices on the basis that keeping them closed prevents the department from carrying out its legal requirements to administer farm programs. So what's next? Well, the Democratic-controlled House today is debating a package of bills that would fund the USDA, the Interior, and other departments and agencies through the rest of the fiscal year. Senate leaders have set up votes tomorrow on rival Republican and Democratic proposals to end the shutdown. Neither seems likely to get the 60 votes necessary to end the shutdown. Both proposals will be amendments to a House-passed supplemental appropriations bill that includes $3 billion in agriculture disaster aid. Ag groups in the dark about USMCA. Agribusiness groups have started some informal meetings to make plans for pushing the new revised U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. But Michael Dykes, president and CEO of one of those groups, the International Dairy Foods Association, says it's hard for the groups to know how to proceed since the administration hasn't shared its strategy or timeline for moving the implementing legislation through Congress. Speaking on the sidelines of his group's annual dairy forum in Orlando, Dykes told AgriPulse the administration must ease the steel and aluminum tariffs on Mexico and Canada before the trade pact can get the necessary votes in Congress. Dykes said, we need to know what the plan is around tariffs. Dykes also thinks there will be increased pressure on the administration to ease the tariffs as farmers try to get operating loans. By the way, Dykes thinks the European Union will ultimately agree to include agriculture in trade negotiations because U.S. lawmakers will demand it. But he said, adding ag to the mix of issues will inevitably slow down the talks. Ag is going to have to be a part of it, he said. Lettuce alert seen as a wake-up call. FDA's newly retired top food regulator says the warning issued to consumers last November not to eat any romaine lettuce was a wake-up call to growers about the need for traceability in foods. Stephen Ostroff also says the recent E. coli outbreaks have raised questions about the adequacy of water testing standards the agency was already in the process of revising because of concerns from farmers. 
For more on the Ostroff interview, plus an in-depth look at the prospects for the EU trade talks on agriculture and USDA's proposed new Swamp Buster regulations, be sure and read this week's AgriPulse newsletter. Carbon rules, a boon to biodiesel. California's low-carbon fuel standard, which is part of the state's efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, is sharply boosting biodiesel demand. The National Biodiesel Board is holding its annual conference this week in San Diego, and the meeting included a discussion of the impact of state climate initiatives. Shelby Neal, the National Biodiesel Board's Director of State Government Affairs, said it's just been dramatic what's happened as a result of the interest in climate. So we've gone from, just in California, from 14 million gallons of biodiesel usage in 2011 to well over a half billion currently. Biodiesel and renewable diesel have been major sources of credits under the LCFS, in part because they are readily available at low cost and, quote, have huge carbon reductions, Neil said. A gallon of biodiesel reduces carbon 50 to 80 percent per gallon. Higher temps may preserve seed quality. A new study suggests that rising temperatures may help preserve seed quality in soybeans, thus offsetting the effects of rising carbon dioxide levels. The study, published in Plant Journal, is in contrast with recent research showing that increasing CO2 levels will likely boost yields, but at the cost of nutrition, that according to the University of Illinois. This study shows that a trade-off between optimizing yields for global change and seed nutrition quality may actually exist. That according to co-principal investigator Carl Bernanke, a scientist at USDA's Agriculture Research, which funded the research along with the USDA's National Institute of Food and Agriculture. In soybeans, elevated CO2 levels decrease the amount of iron and zinc in the seed by about 8 to 9 percent, but increased temperatures have the opposite effect. So what's up next? Well, new experiments to figure out the mechanisms responsible for this effect. Well, here's today's He Said It. There isn't an industry that isn't under siege. That Ken Schmidt, former communications director for Harley-Davidson to the IDFA Dairy Forum in Orlando. Schmidt, by the way, rode into the Ritz-Carlton on a Harley. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, January 23rd. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.